It was the year of fire. The year of destruction. The year we took back what was ours. It was the year of rebirth. The year of great sadness. The year of pain. And the year of joy. It was a new age. It was the end of history. It was the year everything changed. The year is 2261. The show, the name of the pod. Episode 81, Rumors, Bargains, and Lies, and Moments of Transition, in which the Minbari Civil War comes to a head and the new Grey Council is revealed. Coming to you live from a plague ship off the western coast of these 50 United States, this is The Name of the Pod, the Babylon 5 podcast, in which our hosts, who have both uh, either are uh, near death's door or have recently returned from the uh, from the jam of, of death, uh, death's door, are going to talk about the ongoing cultural legacy of the 1990 science fiction television program, uh, Babylon 5. My name is John Cassie, and I'm joined, as always, by my dear friend and co-host. Chris Tatro, who is very sorry for somehow infecting you across the interwebs. Yes, thank you. Week. Thank you so much yeah. for sending your... your. I, I didn't know it could be done, but... I'm a sharing kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. You've you've sent caring and sharing. Right. You've you've sent the you've sent the onks, mm. you know, through the wires. You know, I was feeling a little a little off when we rec- when we recorded previously, but I was thinking perhaps that was just uh, like an allergies kind of thing because it has been sort of wet mm. and damp out here uh, in, yes. in 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 the west. But no, no, no. It's the full on, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Plague, yeah. plague of death and death plague. So, uh, right. you know, if if listeners uh, at any point in this episode, uh, I become insensible more than normal, you, you'll you'll know that my brain has become unhinged from reality, and we will we'll see how my vocal quality holds up. We'll just I'll, yeah you know push you out an airlock <clears throat> and I'll get Tracy to come in and, and take over. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, yeah. why not? Sure. Yeah, um, we'll, Max can probably carry my my my, my side of the uh, my side <laughs> yeah. of the conversation so, today if it comes to it. So, so what did you think about this episode? <laughs> yeah, Max is Max is currently asleep on the couch behind me, and hopefully will remain so for the next forty to forty five minutes while we while we talk about these two two two, two for Tuesday two for Tuesday uh, episodes right. Yeah, look, you know, you know, listeners, you you know that that you know in in each of the past seasons, uh, we've either been given a, uh, you know, a television movie, you know, a part one, part two kind of jam, from Babylon Five or, uh, or or the like. And as Chris and I were were moving our way through these these two episodes, uh, uh, you know, rumors, bargains, and lies. And moments of transition. It occurred to us that what we actually have here is another sort of part one, part two, uh, you know, where we we go deep into Mimbar and we resolve the Mimbar crisis that has been building for, frankly, the whole show, mm-hmm. but which had reached a sort of a fever pitch. Now we resolve all of the Mimbar business that we need to 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 uh, to sort out, and then. At the end of that, uh, at the end of that second episode, a hard pivot again, back into the Earth story, mm. where an outraged Ivanova and an outraged Sheridan, you know, say, "Damn the torpedoes!" 
It doesn't matter whether we're properly resourced or have the allies. You know, this must not be allowed to stand. It will right. not be allowed to stand. And we're going down fighting for mm-hmm. what we believe in and what we value. Because this far, no further. This far, no further. Exactly. Um, so, but that's at the end of the, you know, at the end of the, the, the 90 minutes, as it were, right? Yes. What we have here largely is the story of the two heretofore preeminent castes in Mimbari society in a shat, you know, in sort of an elaborate game mm-hmm. that they're playing, uh, you know, with their their leaders, you know, Nerun and Shakiri over there on the warrior side, and Delenn as preeminent spokesperson leader of religious, you know, over on the other side, uh, you know, playing playing for pink slips, right? Who's going to own this thing, right? <clears throat> right, right. And of course, during all of that, all of the collateral damage that comes along with any, I mean, this, this isn't just a, this isn't just a philosophical debate between the two right. casts. This is an, this is an actual war on the surface and in the, the glorious eternal Minbari cities right. uh, that, that dot the landscape. Uh, right. You know, people are, people are dying, you know, left and right. There's, you know, cities are being destroyed right. uh, over ideological Warfare, class warfare, right? Um, not really sure exactly. Yeah, it's where kind it of caste down. warfare, you know, isn't it? Well, right? you know, but except that both, I think both the warrior and the religious castes are are both you know, kind of what we would consider to be the 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 upper classes, the upper echelons. You know, where, with the worker classes being your 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 commoners, your proletariat. Sure, sure. Um, so you know, it's kind of like you know the the. The kings of of Europe and the popes going to war, um, you know, great except for everybody else who gets trampled, you know, in the middle. Right. So right. So in in that sense, it's not so much a class, but it's really, but it has the same. I think it would have the same kind of societal effects as we would see in in our society if there were kind of major class conflicts. You know the 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 regular folk kind of rising up and, you know, burning down and eating the 1%, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe the, the, the salient example from human history might be the, the Russian revolution, right? Yeah. Or the French. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where you have essentially elements of the upper classes, either monarchist or communist, because of course it didn't ultimately matter what -hmm. your class was. Because the communists were largely led by elites, and the nobility were largely elites, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got one version of eliteness at war with another version of eliteness. And how do you do the war? How do you fight the war? You fight it through your proletarian soldiers, yeah. which is precisely you feed the what the into the meat grinder. Right, yeah. right. Feed feed commoners into the meat grinder until you achieve your goal, right? Mm. Which is exactly what Delenn sites as uh, as the 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 damnation against both castes mm-hmm. yeah y- you know her right. her her final denouement there is you know this this kind of behavior from castes that should be uh, 
leading by example, well, we have to, this, this has to be permanently put to an end. Right. And we, right. we'll come yeah. to that. Right. But, but th- yep. th- that, that yep. was sort of where, uh, you know, kind of where, where I was landing. Yes. You know, on that. Um, yeah. And we get various machinations on the way, on the way of getting to there in the first, you know, in the first of the episodes is, you know, before we even get onto the surface of Minbar, we've got the warrior cast and the religious cast, you know, on the ship on the way there. We've got Narun and, and Dulen uh, kind of reaching a common ground, which is nice to see. Right. And they are coming together, but all of their, you know, their, their, their underlings are not so much on board with the whole, uh, with the program. I think largely because they're left in the dark. Yeah, both and sides are left in the dark, right? Yeah, yeah. Be, you know, which is classic. Which I think says a lot that you get. You know, again, you get the 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 upper tiers of each of the casts are are meeting and making decisions, and none of none of the information is trickling down, leaving the leaving their underlings to kind of worry and fret in the absence of information. Right, and. And to then overhear things that they don't have a context for, right? Which then leads them to want to act on their own because they don't understand what's going on, mm-hmm. which leads to all manner of potential mayhem and and and, ver- and sadness, right? Yes, very bad decisions. Whether it's bonking Narun on the head, right? I mean, what was the what was the end goal of that? Did this? This one kind of rogue assassin was he going to go in right. and like, like overthrow Narun, you know, kill him, and then everybody else in the warrior cast would elevate him up and yeah, and you know, that doesn't seem like it was well thought out. Yeah, uh, yeah, but pro- but probably better thought out than I know. Let's just uh, we'll just poison everybody on the ship. We'll you know and then fo- vanish off into space, and they'll always remember our names. Hmm. Yeah. Not so, not so sure about that one. You know, they need the. I, I think they were they were just shy of having the Nikes and the purple, uh, purple drapes over them to, uh, to, to complete their plan. <laughs> yeah, you know when 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 I when I was listening to that to that plan come to fruition, right? <laughs> uh, I had two thoughts in my mind. One, uh, this is exactly how a well-intentioned but somehow struggling role-playing group get, 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 gets themselves into like big trouble <laughs> that that i would have been the one to suggest that plan and it would have seemed perfectly reasonable perfectly reasonable me. right yeah yes and, and uh and ali would have looked at me like we're not doing that yeah, we're not doing that right yeah. um, and then i would have done it anyway right and i was thinking also of the uh of a of a scene from the duck amuck cartoon we talked about last time uh-huh. right uh-huh. where the uh the animator has redrawn Daffy to have this sort of body that's like mm-hmm. a that's like a green dog or whatever, and it's got a little it's flag a flower. flag yeah. sort of flying off of his tail that has a screw and a baseball. Yes. Right. I'm like, this is a screwball yeah. plan if ever I've seen one, right? Absolutely. Oh yeah, let's do this. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, look, <clears throat> Delenn, if Delenn has t- has given us any aspect of her character that is consistent from uh, from gathering to now. It is, if she knows something, there's <laughs> only about a 10% chance that she's going to share it with anyone. 
With the people who really need to know it. Right. There's like a 3%. You may share it with somebody, right. but it's not who needs to know. That's correct. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and she is always, I mean, she's super, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, patriarchal, right? Mm-hmm. In, in, you know, uh, the way that we might use the term in, in 21st century America, right? It's not your job to know. It's my job to know. Right. It's my job to make decisions on behalf of this cast. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that you are going to tell me that is going to have an influence on what I think about that question. And it's my decision to make. Mm-hmm. If you need to know something, I'll share it with you. Otherwise, right. live comfortably knowing that you never needed to know it in the first place. Mm-hmm. And and, Lin- yeah, yeah, and Lanier makes a good point, sort of reflecting off of that at the end when he says, you know, she sees the world differently than we do. Right. That was a nice. We, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was the, the, they see the world in a cynical, you know, real politic kind of way. Where I, whereas I think Delenn sees the best in everyone and sees and believes that everyone is going to treat everyone kind of fairly and accordingly and with respect. And I, I think we've talked about this on this show before, but it's my, always been my, my belief that if you, if you yourself are a cynical manipulator, you know, kind of person, right, and you're you're going to expect that from everybody else around you, and it you know it really it really changes your viewpoint on the world. You know, you're incapable of of thinking that someone else is acting out of pure altru- altruism because right. it's just not in your wheelhouse. Right, because you're such a cynic. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that that bit of dialogue from from Lanier is an example of where JMS as a writer is going. Mm-hmm. That line could have been insensate. Absolutely. And it would have totally yeah. landed, as it landed yep. here, right? Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> she she sees us as we ought to be. Mm-hmm. We see each other as we are. We need to stop looking at the world through our own eyes and start looking at it through hers. Right. Right. Now... The, the problem there yeah. being, it's a, okay, well, you go first. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because if you're already in that mindset, you're not going to give it up. And, right. And, right. And open up and embrace the positivity. I speak from experience here. Uh, right. You know, it's not that easy to do. It's not that easy to do, right? And... And to make even a small movement in that direction requires, uh, you, you, you know, like the like the imperial conditioning mm-hmm. level of of mental training, right? Right. The tooth, Yui. The tooth, Yui. Um, and it's like not even Lanier has mm. the mental discipline to do it all the time. Right. 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 Um, but he has the example of Delenn to always draw from, mm-hmm. you know, which helps him. Right. And he shields her from the knowledge of this plot. Right. And who knows from how many other things. Right. So that she can keep that view, keep that attitude. Right. Without it being tarnished by... All these other things, because if she knew that that her own, 
I mean, she, she even says only the warrior cast would turn on their own and everyone else kind of shuffles and looks at their feet. And, yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. Very uncomfortable moment. <laughs> um, so, but if she, if she knew that were going on, you know, Linnea rightly says it would, it would, it would fracture, you know, put, put, you put a small crack in that kind of, in that kind of confidence, in that kind of worldview. And eventually it's going to, that crack is going to widen. It's going to be eaten away. And what makes Delenn, Delenn will be lost. Right, right. And I'm not going to let you do that. Right. So you're all going to keep this quiet, right? Mm-hmm. And now, you know, be gone and let me rest, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, just a really, really nice piece. Uh, you know, I don't know if Bill Moomy continues to act. Is he retired I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen too much of, of him in anything lately. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah one of our uh, one of our listeners on our who uh, posted on the Facebook group wondering about our Dreamcast. Mm. You know, I I sort of feel like if we were to Dreamcast this into a prestige format, we've got to find something for Bill Moomy to do. Yeah. Right. Oh, like in Lost in Space. I mean, I'm just looking at his IMDb right Precisely. now. And the, 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 the 2018 Lost in Space, he played, you know, the real Dr. Smith. Indeed. Okay, perfect. Indeed. You know, yeah. kind of give, give him that nod, give him a place to go. It looks like other than that, he's done mostly voice work over the last decade or so. Okay. Um, and not even all that much of it, just like something about every year or two. Okay. Interesting. So still active, but... Yep. You know, on that other side. He's involved in something currently called Space Command Redemption. Huh. Which co-stars Bruce Boxleitner, Robert Picardo, Mira Furlan. What? Yeah, I don't know what this is. This is going to bear some investigation. What is this There's, called? It's called Space Command Redemption. Okay. I'll, I'll put some... Oh, you know, I think we talked about this before. It's directed by Mark Scott Zikri. Right. Who has been a director here. And there was a Space Command show that he worked on. It was, we had talked about it kind of back when we were talking about the um, Star Trek Continues. Right. Yeah, there I'm was, looking at it right now. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will add something into the show notes about this because it, uh, oh, I guess it came out last year. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm looking at yeah. the... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking at its uh, Kickstarter page right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Space Command Redemption, 108,000 pledged of 39,000 goal. So I wonder, huh? Well, have to keep an eye out for that. If anybody knows anything about it, please um, leave a comment on the Facebook page. You know, if anybody is one of those backers and knows uh, knows what's going on, I mean. With those four as your, as your primary cast, it sounds it sounds fascinating to me. Yeah, you you, you have my you had holy my crap. Now you have my attention. The stars of Space Command Redemption: Doug Jones, uh-huh. Robert Picardo, Mira Furlan, Bruce Boxleitner, Bill Moomy, mm-hmm. Michael Harney. I don't know Michael Harney. I recognize his face, but I don't see what yeah. he. Faran Tahir who was uh, Captain Khan of the Kelvin. Okay, yes. Uh, James Hong, who's done a million things. Mm-hmm. John Hennigan, I don't know who that is either. Uh, huh. 
Well, oh, yeah, I mean, he's got go. he's got uh, uh, A and B list folks up and down the boulevard right. on this program. Uh, right. Oh, well, look, we'll come back to it. Okay. Yeah. Here um, we go. In real time, we have uh, gone from not knowing a thing existed to knowing of it and needing to find it and have it now, now, now. Yeah, re- exactly. You yeah, know, and I'm yeah. looking at some of the visual art. It's clearly inspired by Babylon 5. Uh-huh. And it's clearly inspired by, uh, frankly, World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. which, you know, was itself inspired by Babylon 5. We maintain, uh, at well, least. Well, at least we maintain. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I firmly maintain, and mm-hmm. I'm even more committed to that now that we've seen even more kind of Mimbari. You know, oh, absolutely. When I mean, we saw that city, I was like, oh, oh my God. this is That is this so is the Exodar. It's the, it is absolutely the Exodar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when you get further into the game and you can see the... Um, you know, the great Draenei cities of uh, Shatrath and Alkindun, mm-hmm. you know, that we have, we haven't been destroyed. Okay, well, it's very clear that that there's a similar kind of, mm-hmm. you know, aesthetic going on and, right. uh, uh, you know, and on and on. So, huh. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, well, there it is. Uh, so, so you know, ba- ba- yeah. back, to, back to the show that we actually nominally are, are here to talk about. Uh, <laughs> Um, what? Yeah. So the, yeah, the religious caste thinks that Delenn is going to surrender, right? And and basically give them all up, and they can't allow that to happen. And she's the only one who could uh, who could authorize the surrender, and that's why they they do this cockamamie scheme to kill her off. So right. then we get into the second episode, and almost the first words out of her mouth, like a first season Captain Picard, are "I surrender." Right. You know, right? And 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 I gotta say, as I, I'm watching that, I'm my like my hands went to my head, and I was like, "What the heck? What was all that last thing right. about then? What? Yeah, right. Um, you know, Narun has betrayed her. Right. I'm putting betrayed in scare quotes here. Right. And uh, um, and yeah, and and the 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 death toll is rising to such an extent that she sees there's really no other option. Yeah, you know, this is gonna go on and on, and the cities will be destroyed, and the people will be destroyed. All right, here's what I'm going to do. Right, right. Yeah, uh, her gambit there, very canny. Yeah. Um, you, you started this war. Mm-hmm. You are clearly stronger than us. As though strength is the only thing that matters. After all, we've been arming you for a millennium. Right. Right. Uh, how are we going to proceed forward? Because all we needed was for there to be a surrender. Mm-hmm. Now, you think that means something different than what we do. So we're going to have to argue this out in front of the entire Mimbari nation. Mm-hmm. Because... All you need to do to end a war is to have one side say, you're right. Yeah, we're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and given this, the nature of this war, of course the warrior caste is going to, is going to win if the war is exclusively a military right. uh, you know, conflict of force. Which it never was. Which it never was. Despite and what you are... said, warrior caste, yes. it never yep. was that. Right. Only. Because there are other options on the table. And it's 
it's fitting that the religious caste takes a form of kind of tradition and culture as as a way to resolve the war. Right. It's like we're not going to beat you by force. Yeah, you're stronger, but we've got we've got history on our side. Right. And and force of will. Right. Right. Yeah. I have within me a strength of resolve that if we boiled 10 of your side down, you wouldn't mm-hmm. come near. Mm-hmm. And just because you won, that doesn't mean that we've agreed to changing all the rules of how we do things here. It's not a capitulation. It's not a complete unconditional surrender. Right. You know, right. we're not going to let you dictate terms here. Right. Right. All right. The, it, it, rather than surrender, it's almost more like a, well, we just don't want to play this anymore. Exactly. We're, we're going to stop, you know, we're almost, in, it would might have been better if instead of having her actually go and surrender, would have her just say, we're just not going to, you know, go ahead. You can come in and, and slaughter everyone if you, if that's what you really want to do. We're just not going to, we're just not going to do this anymore. Right. It won't um, legitimate what you're doing. Right. Because what you're trying to do is get to a level of legitimacy where you can rewrite the rules of our whole society. You don't Mm. get to do that by yourself. That's not how this works. You have two choices. You have the Valenic Compromise or you have the Starfire Wheel. Mm, Starfire Wheel. Starfire Wheel. Uh, You know, (laughs) I've said it a hundred times. Give me more Mimbari esoteric weirdness. Yes. Right? But even more so, don't pass up the opportunity to give Mimbar's capital city a name. Mm. Instead of calling it capital city, which makes me crazy. And It's translation. You know, everything in this I, was translated uh, from, from Mimbari yeah, language. Yeah, it so, drives yeah. me... Look, yeah, I, I, I understand. Right. Home world. Home world. Yeah. That kind of stuff always makes me don't give up. Give us something. Right. Right. Uh, and the Starfire Wheel. OK, that's a cool. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a cool translation. Yeah. But it, I mean, if it were me, I would have given would be, it a Mimbari name. Right. Yeah, It's the Arash Vakali or something, yeah. you know, sort of make <laughs> yeah. something up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You know. Baba Ganoush. <laughs> right. Uh, it's the Kronikai Christor. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Gomjabar. The Gomjabar, right? But see, that's fun, right? Yeah. You know, uh, uh, yeah, uh, back sort of, you know, in 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 WoW for a minute. I love the fact that all of the non-human races have just a, all you need is a couple of little phrases, mm-hmm. right? Uh, zug zug, stupid, but it's it's you know it's yeah. orcs, right? You know, yeah. uh, Salama Ashalanore. It's totally yes. blood elf, right? Yeah, you know, you know who you're dealing with as soon as you hear that. Right. I said Kronikai Christor. That's the Draenei, right? Right. Arcanon Poros, Draenei. I mean, just give me a little. Nerd. I'm totally a nerd. <laughs> and I'm the worst kind. Language <laughs> a, nerds. A They're language nerd. Yeah. The worst. Right, right, right. And, and, you know, that's, 
again, I've said before, you know, when we don't get our fully automated gay space communism from uh, from deep space from from Babylon Five, we get that in Star Trek. Right. Uh, but that's not the kind of story that's being told totally, here. Totally. Uh, is is that also JMS is not uh, maybe not a language nerd in the Tolkien. Right, sense. right, right. Tolkien would have like, oh, this would have been. We would have had an entire episode about the naming of the Starfire Wheel. Right, right. But uh, but that's just not that's not where what his jam is. And maybe he needed somebody. He, he clearly he needs to pull one of us in on his next project. Totally. To uh, to to do to handle creating a language and naming things. Totally. Um, yeah. Have you read Saga? Uh, I read some of it. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, honestly, didn't care for it. it. Didn't, I'm one didn't of the catch. few people. I, yeah. I I I don't like. Brian Vaughn's writing. Oh, I see. Almost everything I've read by him, I've I've given a few issues and then hard pass. Oh, that's a that you're decidedly in the minority there. I, I am. Yeah. I am, and I think that it's it. I mean, it's more evidence that I'm broken in some internal deep way. I think this was largely known. We're 81 episodes in. I think everyone people, knows. People, yeah, all of our dozens of listeners know this. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he uh, he has some of his people in that book speaking in Esperanto. <laughs> And, oh man! And I'm such a you know I'm, I'm a language nerd of the nth degree. You know I've read yeah. multiple books on artificial languages. I have a 130 day streak on Duolingo of mm-hmm. Esperanto. Yeah, me nice. me estas podcastista. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. But you know, look, I'm, I'm sorry, folks, that we you know we 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 diverge here, but. Mm. Um, but, no, but you're right. It's a, it's a it's a nitpick on you know of of something in these shows that they it w- it just would have made it more immersive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, yeah. you know, it's the uh, uh, you know you give the Dothraki their own their own mm-hmm. language, and to me, they're suddenly more interesting, mm-hmm. right? And yep. and uh, you know, I I I never like it when a show passes up an opportunity to be culturally interesting or linguistically mm-hmm. different or or something yeah. like that you know i'm not a huge fan of um seth mcfarlane in this we agree <clears throat> I, I, that kind of humor is almost at the polar opposite of mine okay so i've only watched a few episodes of the orville which i want to like far more than i do but the humor Mm-hmm. That McFarlane humor it kind of infuriates me. But I have enormous respect for him as a producer. I loved his new Cosmos. Oh, I didn't know he was with uh, with um, with Neil deGrasse Neil Tyson. Patrick Harris deGrasse Tyson, right? Yes. Um, and and everything I've read about the Orville season one and especially season two suggests that he's doing really high level a five star sci-fi culture development like mm. the world building is there mm-hmm. right like i would i would play the orville role-playing game because i mm. could strip out that silliness right. and insert my own you know kind of overly serious you know approach to things right mm-hmm. but um but i i think in in babylon 5 we've got we're 90 we're 95 percent of the way Mm. And I just wish that 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 sometimes they would close that gap. Okay. Yeah, it feels like it's really only the Narn maybe who get a lot of that linguistic element of their culture. Yeah. Like we we hear a lot more Narn words for things I think than we yeah. hear from, from the other from the other people. Yeah. And 
it no doubt contributes to yeah. why we're such fans of of the Narn. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and we've still got huge Narn movement coming mm-hmm. in this program. You know, even though we've only got what maybe thirty episodes of Babylon Five to go before we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of growth coming yeah. for the Narn, which yeah. is exciting. So, in any case, yeah. so you've it, got you've got Delenn surrendering, mm-hmm. and Shakiri, you know, going all silverback gorilla, pounding his chest, <laughs> right? Yep. Um, Delenn kind of snagging the momentum of the of the of the the, the minute there back from him mm-hmm. just because we said we surrender didn't mean that we aren't gonna contribute in the creation of a new government what's wrong with you shakiri right mm-hmm. and then he sort of blusters again and then she comes on with that classic mira furlan you know <laughs> it will be what i say it will be and if you mm-hmm. don't like it come come at me bro right yeah right yeah you can it's have, the force of will right. that she needs to get through this trial by fire right. that she's presenting. Right. You can have the way of Valen. You can have the way of the ancients. That is why we're here. Get in this Starfire uh, wheel with me mm-hmm. or don't. But you know that if you don't, no one will view your claim as legitimate. Mm-hmm. You're done. And of course, Narun reveals that he had been working with her all along right. and set this whole thing up right. and, and suggested this place specifically because it was where they used to hold the 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 Starfire wheel, you know, the, 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 the ritual of the ancients. Yeah, right, to, right. To you know, to determine the leader. So yeah, it's all been it's all been skillfully uh, manipulated from the beginning, right. and they've just danced circles around this Shakiri oaf. Yeah, right, you right. Know, they put him exactly where they wanted him. Right, and when he. Um, and just sort of when he stepped into the, uh, 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 you know, when he stepped into that temple, he was finished. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? You know, you don't even know, you don't even know you've lost, yeah. right? Never get involved in a land war in Asia, right? You know, you've been, you've <laughs> yeah. been outthought like, like Ropadope. Yeah. Right. All I see is fear and dead men. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and... You know, we said in the pre-show, or I remarked in the pre-show, that it felt a little interesting to me that that Neroon, who, you know, we've, we've had Neroon, what, six, seven, eight episodes? Yeah, right? going way back to season one. Yeah, that Neroon gets the redemptive arc. Mm-hmm. Right? He's the one who can step in there and say, you know, my... You know, my my life is warrior, but my heart hmm. has bent of late to the religious. Ah! Yeah. You know, I thought that's a nice little piece of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. We, we've saw, we've seen him come a, a very long way uh, you know, from from his kind of grumbling admiration of Sinclair. Right. You know, right. all the way down the line to his grumbling admiration of Delenn. Right, uh, and and then don't bypass the grumbling uh, uh, appreciation for Marcus. Oh sure, yeah, right, yep, 
Because uh-huh. that was Darun yeah. that beat the whoop de boop out of him, right? Yes, it yeah, was. Yeah, it was Darun. Yeah, yeah. I, be- I, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. And and here, you know, the he, he turns class traitor and uh, and you know, in doing so has has really united. Because the warrior cast has seen, has seen Shakiri you know, try and fail. Yeah. And they're not going yeah, to follow him anymore. Yeah, right. He's He's shown to be the... You know, the punk ass mother scratcher that he is. Exactly. Right? So no, you're done, right? And Arun had the dap to stay in there. That's right. That's right. And do what needed to be done. And so, okay, well, I guess we're, I guess we're, you know, going. We're going to follow his lead. That's now, right. That's they, right. You know, they're they're going to respect that kind of, that kind of strength. Right. Because and of who they are. That's right. That's right. And and it's 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 totally Mimbari, to. Once you find the leader, follow the leader, right? Right. Right. You know, it, 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 it wouldn't even occur to them, really, to say, well, yeah, this guy stepped up, and, you know, for, first our leader lost, and this other guy kind of stepped up and, and you know, did this thing, but, but we're just going to do what we want to do anyway. No, no, they're, yeah. they're far, too, far too hierarchical and far too... Um, to order uh, yeah entrenched in their social order yeah, to be able yeah. to to kind of rise up in individualism in that way yeah um when when Narun stepped into the starfire wheel mm-hmm. uh, uh uh Sean Phillips uh the reverend mother Gaius Helen Mohame's mm-hmm. voice came, came into yes. my head you know uh-huh. a, a, the uh uh, a warrior caste can be bred to a member of the religious caste and seal the breach, mm-hmm. right? Nirun is like the Kwisatz Haderach of the yes. of the Mimbari. You know, he uh-huh. is he is both of the religious and of the warrior. Yeah. He can die for both, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought, okay, that's that's neat. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. it's a little it, not part of not not part of the big plan. I think that he and uh, and Delin had. Yeah. Yeah, had in place, but he he knew what needed to be done at the moment and did it. Yeah, that's right. It's a it's a little it's yeah. a little game it's a little gamey. Yeah, right. But that's okay. You know, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. That's right. Yeah, uh, um, and it leads to mm. what I think is one of the more or most interesting little pieces of um, that kind of space philosophy, if you will, right? That we get in this show, namely the reconstitution of the Grey Council, you know, by Delenn mm-hmm. as as one that fundamentally asserts a new vision of what the Mimbari are meant to be. Mm. Right? It's a post shadow, post Valen compromise. Right. Right and yeah, the the, the the loop of Valen is now closed. Correct. So we're Nicely really, put. you know, you, I forget if it was in one of these episodes or if it was something I was reading online where, that, that basically said, well, you know, Valen only knew what Sinclair knew, and oh no, no, you know, that was made, in these. That was in these. Yep. Okay, good. I, I I I had the line kicking in my head and I couldn't remember where I'd seen it. So so yeah, we're we're past where what the wisdom of Valen could deliver. Right. You know, right. as far as prophecy, 
but uh, so it's time for it's time for a new order of things. And I think, as you say, this is this is a very important and very significant change, uh, or would will be if we get to really see and explore it within the show. Right. I'm hoping that they don't. We don't have this this change up this uh, placing of the worker caste really in in super majority control over the over the the gray council right and over the society in general uh and then that's just it we don't get to see what kind of effects that has because i want to know mm-hmm. we, and we've come back to this a whole bunch of times in this in this podcast you know oh i want to i want to know more about what this means i want to see more of that correct um i hope we get to i, I don't honestly recall if we do but uh, well my my sense from from doing my sort of forward research planning is yes. that it's all going to be in season five. Okay. Right, because we are, we are in hard resolution of the Mimbari storyline mm-hmm. here. Yes. Right? And I think that this was meant to stand on its own in the event that the show was canceled at four. Okay, True. well, now we know where the Mimbari mean to go. Mm-hmm. And so we can take some confidence that... that these two casts that should always have been in a guiding role are going to attempt to do the guiding role and let mm-hmm. this worker cast that should always have been building build. Yeah. Right. And, <clears throat> you know, it's a major, you know, up, upside downing upheaval, I guess is probably the better word uh, of, of all of society. Totally. Totally. You're taking, you're taking your, basically your, your two oligarchical aristocratic castes. Right. And placing them underneath the, the common, the pro, as we said earlier, the proletariat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in in service to them. Um, And even though it's coming from this new gray council, I can't imagine that's going to sit well with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, You could very easily imagine a whole, uh, you know, a, a, a whole story arc. Uh, you know, if, if you if you did a Babylon Six, you know, mm-hmm. like you and I have spoken about, right? Mm-hmm. You know, where where we we saw the consequences of this decision, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we you you use the term fully automated gay space communism. That is correct. That is what you said earlier, I think, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fully automated gay space communism now. That's right. It's the, the AOC platform. Yes. Uh, that's right. Yes. Um, and, you know, we don't really ever get any perspective from within the, the Federation of all those people mm-hmm. who are like, well, this sucks now. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to work on improving myself. <laughs> right. Right. I want to work on making money. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't want to be internally validated. I want to be externally validated. Yeah. Right. This there has to be had to had to have been millions of people who found that to be totally meh. Right. Yeah. Right? Especially you look at sort of the the the, the capitalist individualism of that, that's so emphasized in Western society. Right. Uh, right. Particularly within the U.S., I would say probably elsewhere. But this is my main area of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't imagine, you know, folks giving up, giving up that easily. Yeah, you know, 
Yeah. Now the government's not just coming for our guns; they're coming for our money. That's right. Yeah, they're coming for money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, we know that the United States is in the Federation, <laughs> right? Because we've seen ship. You know, we've seen uh, uh, Starfleet facilities in Iowa. Right. Right. I mean, California is one thing, but when you see it, when you see a thing in Iowa, <laughs> right, you know that it's pretty much in the U.S., right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so we have a we have a pretty dandy resolution, I think, of of the Mimbar crisis. Yeah. Uh, we get D- Delenn emerging even more as a kind of figure without peer. Right. You know, there's this, you know, uh, Garibaldi's all up in Sheridan's grill about being some kind of messiah figure. But Delenn is actually the one who's functioning to me as really more like a messiah figure. Well, I mean, she's out doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Behind right. being a messiah figure. You know, OK, well, it's it's well earned. You've just you've just restructured society, you know, brought us out of this war, done these things that that no one could do right right um, so you know sheridan okay yeah you came back from zadom big whoop yeah oh look at you I, you're adorable I, I got over a cold last week yeah yeah exactly how uh how 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 nice for you to come back from mm-hmm. from zahadum and everything you know do you yeah. want a you know do you want a participation medal yes right yeah um, they say no one came back but you know nobody's ever tried i'm sure i could do it yeah you know yeah 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 I haven't been trying to come back from Zahadum. Yeah, I don't need to. Yeah. I'm Delenn, <laughs> bitches. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so we get all of that, and then we get the hard pivot at the end of yep. Sheridan, mm-hmm. Ivanova. Uh, I would have given Claudia Christian the note that I've given to a lot of actors in this show. You're, mm-hmm. at, a, you're at an 11, Susan. I need you at more like a seven, right? It's like, yeah, come on, she Claudia, was, come on, yeah. dial it back, yeah. or demonstrate your anger in the way that you that when you do it, you do it best, which is seething, boiling rage, right? Yeah, that's when you're best, not when you're screaming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, for what it's worth, Clark has this is this is the Rubicon. You oh, have yeah. gone you, too far. When you when you just blow up tens of thousands of of refugees, yeah. For well, we don't we don't know what the justification is. We don't know what reasons are being given by by whoops by uh, by Earth for for blowing those ships up. I'm sure that they'll spin it in some nice, neat way. Right, right. Uh, you know, but well, I mean, whatever they do. I mean, it's not, it's not okay. No, um, no, definitely not. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. Do you want to spend a, do you want to spend a couple minutes going over all the other kind of assorted B plots of these two episodes? Yeah. Yeah. Let's just to let's, kind of address them. Yeah. All let's, right. let's, let's, let's yeah. do that. So, you know, in, in the first episode, we get the, the, the kind of mirror to Narun and Delenn not telling their underlings what's going on and rumors and, and suspicion starting up where Sheridan is then doing that on purpose and it's actually working out to his benefit. Right, right. Um, which felt a lot to me like the kind of thing, the kind of story you could write, but that 
really kind of stretched my willingness to believe. Yeah. That they would all kind of fall into, fall exactly into the traps as, as he was laying them out. It, it was a little, uh, sort of Candyland, right? Right? Yeah, like, yeah. okay, pink, green, pink, mm-hmm. orange, purple. Yeah. Right? And, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little fun to watch the Drazi and, and those guys mm-hmm. talk themselves into loops, right? Yeah. You know, it goes back to points that we made previously that on some things, JMS is not interested in subtle He's mm-hmm. interested in painting with a broad brush. That's his jam. Well, yep. great, right? And, you know, it gives, it gives Bruce Boxleitner an opportunity to be uh, a little playful, Yep. you know, which is good because Sheridan is so serious all the time. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> well, gentlemen, I guess you've tied my hands. Yep. Are you certain <laughs> I can't talk you out of this? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yeah. You know, that, that's He's selling them the, the biggest, uh, worst used car that they've ever. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Right. I I, are, so. are you are you sure you want to buy this car? Yeah. I don't uh, know. I don't think you really. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, anybody, so anyway, it, yeah, it, the, it needed it, to happen. It so, needed to happen. So, it felt a little, it just felt a little easy to me. But again, it's a B plot. It's not, you know, if they had taken up an entire episode with that, I would have been displeased. Yeah, totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Bester Lita. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess we need, I'm guessing that the future story needs to have Lita associated with the psychor in some way yeah and this was the this was the the path to get her there yeah um you know i think it gives us a it gives us some good uh garibaldi and zach yep conflict yep. some some more good you know, interaction between them yep i think it helps to we haven't seen much of of lita we haven't seen much of zach right uh, in in this season uh particularly in the back half of this season um so it really helps to build them and give us some some kind of quality time with them a little bit right um i felt bester was underused yeah in doing this yeah it's like they had to use him because they have no one else representing the psychor yeah right. and I, I don't know that anybody else would have been believable as having the authority to restore her correct correct but but yeah, I mean, you, when he comes on, you expect him to be kind of a central focal point of menace. Right. Even when he says, not everything is about Captain Sheridan. Oh, it absolutely right? is. Right. I'm not here to mess with your complicated galaxy-saving mm-hmm. plans. I just have mm-hmm. some business on my own. And it turns out that he just has some of his own business. Kind right. of. Well, it's, yeah. it's... Everything's always... A little hinky with him. It's it's laying the foundation. Yeah. Yep. Um, the whole thing with Edgar's. Mm-hmm. Um, he's never been. There's no photographs, no pictures of him. Which okay, I can you know I could I could kind of understand that if this were like a 1930s, 1940s kind of mystery novel thing. Right. Oh, there's no pictures of him. You know, but it seems like 
here out in the in the 23rd century that uh, that that seems a little unrealistic. Uh, Right. I mean, how does that even happen? Is I mean, I hard pressed to say that there's any anybody, especially somebody in that kind of position in this world today that you couldn't find any pictures of anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, there were pictures of Howard Hughes in his late life and you know, he was about as reclusive as you're going to get. Right. Right. It's like J.D. Salinger or something. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, maybe, you know, in this world, he's got, uh, he's got a whole division of his company that, that creates uh, Edgar's, de- Edgar's image destroying bots in networks. And so, yeah, you know. they just kind of go out and, and and clear stuff off. Yeah, um, or there is no Edgars, and it's a it's a it's a front personality of of some kind, right. which is my immediate yeah. assumption. The Again, Max Headroom. remembering where this is going. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when he now, I guess the question that I had around him mainly is: Did did Bester or how did he find out that Garibaldi was had hired Lita? Does he really not want any telepaths to be working for him or for any of his subcontractors? Or was that all part of, is this all part of Bester's plan to alienate Garibaldi from the rest of the, of the people on the station? It certainly feels like the latter, doesn't it? It does. Right? It does. So I'm wondering about those kinds of, those kinds of connections and how that fits in with the Psycor agent's trying to steal the the telepath virus and it seems like he's on the other side but it seems like he played into bester's plans yeah yeah Uh, so i want i i'm curious about how that's all gonna fall into place right and since it's very clear to me that what's being telegraphed is telepaths Mm -hmm. going forward right understanding what we're being told now we're being prefigured the next piece of the story. Right. right? So your questions are salient because... Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we, we we don't know, not because I'm too dim to have noticed it in the episode, but because it's being set up as a deliberate mystery. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Which, great. Mm-hmm. Right? <clears throat> I have no problem with with uh, with it not being telegraphed right. in the obvious, in the open... Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yep. And it, okay, so we've got a proper mystery. All right, I'm in. Good. Yeah. Yep. I'm in. All right. So what we've got is a very clear sense of where we're going, and mm-hmm. where we're going next week is Proxima Three, and yep. and we're gonna see what the Babylon Five White Star Fleet supported post. Valenic, Mimbari, Federation support, what all that's going to look like as uh, as Sheridan takes the war directly to Clark, mm-hmm. you know, did half of his cabinet resign or two-thirds of his cabinet resign? Is there that level of instability on Earth? What, what are we looking at, right? Is this, mm-hmm. is this uh, going to be, uh, what was it, Operation Overlord? Was that the... That was D-Day, yeah. Oh, what is the one? Olympic? What was the one that was the purported land invasion of Japan? You know, where the casualty oh, estimates were. 
you, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, know. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, is this going to be crazy it. or is this going to be like the invasion of Iraq turned out to be? Right. Mm-hmm. That the resistance was never there in that kind mm-hmm. of formal uh, army to army kind of thing that it very quickly became opposed by, you know, kind of guerrilla forces. Right. Because Clark mm-hmm. does not strike me as someone who's going to let his people go down. Oh, uh, no. You know, and, you know, OK, well, you know, we, we fought the noble fight and now we lost kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, folks, that's that's where we're going to find ourselves uh, you know, next week and continuing through season four, we're in the home stretch, Chris. We've got uh, uh, eight to go, I believe. And uh, uh, for this season, yep. And uh, then uh, onward to uh, season five. So, okay. uh, folks, until next time, thanks for listening. All right. Thanks hey. for sticking with us for a little bit longer of an episode than usual as we, as we, two for packed in two of them. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Thanks, All folks. Right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.